yes, yes, y'all, we back at it for another one. It's your girl, your host, Ali Don, the goddess MC, aka the psychologist for the artist. And you already know what time it is. It's the first Friday's podcast. And today I have a special guest from the West Coast. It's Too Cold Famous. So, what up? I'm so glad to have an artist from Watts on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you about what's going on on the West Coast as far as hip-hop. There's a lot of conversation going on right now, especially on Clubhouse. There's a lot of rooms that I get into, and they talk about the culture of hip-hop, where either you got to check in in New York, you got to check in when you get to L.A. Like Those are the major cities where if you're really trying to get on and rap, you definitely have to check in those two areas, but you're from Watts, so so tell us about the culture and the history of Watts, California. Um, I mean, the first things first to kind of mention about Watts is Watts is the original black city of L.A., and what I mean by the original black city of L.A., there was a show previously about the desegregation of L.A. called, I want to say it's called Them, but basically... Before they started doing this desegregation in L.A., that's where all, like, the minorities would go to, which is why. So if you was black, Hispanic, you know, or anything like that, you would be in Watts. And they didn't really start doing the desegregation of it until the Watts riots. But for the most part, because I, I know that a lot of people don't know that Compton, Inglewood, Crenshaw, all that was actually all white. And if you was black, you couldn't go to none of them cities, like, way, way back in the day. So, and there's actually a documentary on all that, like, you know, how, like, gangs in L.A. really started, who started it, all that, and so forth. But going back to the main, going to, you know, more current years, I mean, when it comes down to Watts, I mean, we, we, we a bunch of good people, we a bunch of characters, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, it's, I can say, one of the most gang-infested cities in L.A. Wow. Um just because, like, I mean, like I said, you know, it's the original black city, and I swear, you know, for the most part, a lot of the gangs was first coming up, for the most part, um, outside of certain ones that came up around the same time. They're not from Watts, but the OG Crips, you know, Tucky Williams and all that. But, I mean, we we, we good people, though. We, we love all the towners, you know, and all that. So speaking of out-of-towners, like once upon a time, I was staying in Hawthorne and somebody came to visit me and they wanted to see everything. They were from New York originally. So they wanted to see everything. They're like, oh, take me to Watts. Like, I want to see where Ricky got shot on uh, Boys in the Hood. Like, I want to see everything. Like, I'm, I'm like, yo, I don't know if that's a good idea for us to just go rolling through these areas and these certain iconic alleyways. But since you say Watts loves out-of-towners, like... How good of an idea is it to be from out of town and you want to see these historical sites? You want to see the Watts Towers? You want to go riding around? Like, is it cool or is there something that you need to watch I mean, out for? We, I mean, we love out of towners when, you know, we love out of towners, but it, it got to be one of the things where, like, we met, we met out-of-towners not in our city, you know what I mean? Okay. So, like, say when we was out and about somewhere or something, like, say when we in Hollywood, you know, just some watch folks, they, we just out in Hollywood rolling one day, just on some, like, you know, we trying to chill, let's go to Hollywood, walk around type stuff. 
like, you know, we meet somebody or with the group and they talk and they, you know, say, for instance, they're out of town and they know about watching stuff, maybe because of the movies and all that, you know, like, we'll sit down and tell them, like, you know, chill, because <laughs> these ain't these ain't no places you just want, if you don't know nobody, you just want to roll through because the watch power is in the project. So it's not like you can just go into the projects and just be out of town and be like, yeah, I'm about to go to, you know, see the project or I'm about to. I'm about to go and see where uh, that basketball court that they film, white man can't jump and all that and everything of the sort. You can't just do that. Like you got to know somebody that's gonna take you over to that. You know that people know over there because otherwise it could be a whole different situation and you wasn't even prepared to get into. And it seems like especially in hip hop too. Like, cause what if you know me just being a girl, I roll through. Like, is is it pretty much cool or you know I gotta have like an escort, a chaperone? With me. I mean, when it comes down to watch, honestly, when it comes down to watch, you do need to have an escort. I mean, that's what any section in L.A., not just watch. Yeah, you know what I mean? L.A. in general, um, you most definitely need to know people because when they talk about check-ins and stuff like that, check-ins is not no, we run the show, so, you know, you got to check in with me or it's going to be some problems. Like, no, if you a big-name artist and you not from L.A., you know, and I'm not talking about Hollywood. I'm not talking about Beverly Hills or nothing. I'm talking about the inner city part. Inglewood, Crenshaw, Compton, Watt, you know, South Central, you know, all that. If you have a big name, of course people know who you are. And as as of going anywhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course you're going to roll around with security and all that. But at the same time, too, it's like... It's like, it's more of a protection thing. Like, you know, at least you got somebody that is known throughout the city that can protect you, that if you go in certain places, they can let you know how stuff is going on right now. Like, a check-in is not to, like like I said, a check-in is not to be like, oh, like, you need to check in with me, otherwise it's going to be problems. Like, no, <laughs> it's more so, like, check-in so you know how to move out here. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, because you never know, like, people say, don't let the palm trees fool you. Don't let the policies fool you because, like, gang, gang, people got to understand that, like, we're from other states, got to understand California invented the gang culture in the sense of, like, blood, crips, you know, the gang banging, like, gang banging, all that. We okay, hold on, that. so some people from Chicago might have something to say about that, too. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, they got vice lords, Latin kings, and all that out there, but that's their, you know, that's what they invented. They invented those hoods, you know, stuff like that. But I'm not saying, like, you know, when people talk about gang, you know, this, that, and the third, gang, this, gang, that. I'm not talking about, like, we invented that. Like, that's been around for God knows how long. But I'm talking about in the sense of, like, organized, like, an organized, like, gangs like Bloods and Crips. That's L.A. We invented that. There would be no Bloods and Crips if it wasn't for L.A. You know what I mean? Other than that, it was just more so just like, like clicks. You know what I mean? Clicks and stuff like that. You know, before like Blood the Chris came along, but it's just more so like, it's like with it being more organized now than just it being just oh it's just clicks in different blocks. It's now it's like okay, all these ten blocks right here is all one section. You know, you going over here? Okay, then you still in the same? You still in somebody's section? 
Well, that makes so, sense. I mean, because I remember even one day, like I was riding on, I was on La Brea and like approaching, like I was getting close to La Cienega. I made a right hand turn somewhere. And all of a sudden, I seen like a group of bloods just hanging outside, girls and and dudes hanging out outside, flamed up. And I was just like, whoa, hold on. What? Like, I did not expect that at all. So it makes sense. Like when you say to check in just so you know, like where people are, how to move in certain areas, because you just never know. Like you see these manicured lawns, you see these palm trees, you make a right hand turn. And then all of a sudden you're in the gang territory before you even knew it. I mean, because, like, when it comes down to it, it's like, if you're from L.A., you already know the east side. You know, you got the east side of Compton, and then you got Watt. And, you know, South Central, Linwood, you know what I mean? That's all the east side. But then people start to realize, you know, that is the west side. I mean, yeah, they say the west side is the best side. You know what I mean? Because it is nice on the west side. West coast is the best coast. You know, that's where you see a lot more of the pine trees and all that on the west side. But don't get it twisted, because that's where... You got neighborhood and all that, you know, safety, all kind of stuff over there. So it's a lot. That's why when it comes down to it, don't get it twisted when you see me popping. Yeah, dog. All right. So so let's just do like a little recap. So say an up and coming rapper, they're not from Cali at all, but they want to come to L.A. because it's popping. They want to go to the BET Awards or they want to hang out in Hollywood. They want to go down Sunset. They want to check out all these spots. So uh-huh. so it's good to check in first. Now, how do you get acquainted with with the people that could really help guide you and steer you in the right directions when you're in L.A.? Like, what's the best way to get to know people? I mean, honestly, it's just like, if you got a big name, people already know who you are. You know what I mean? Sometimes just connecting, just connecting with your fans sometimes and building that relationship with your fans sometimes, that's another way to get connected because, you know, when you think about it, the fans is really living through it. Yeah. Living through what's going on, especially if you have fans from places like Chicago, places like Louisiana, places like LA, places like New York. You may have like known hit, like known hitters and all that, as maybe like you know, as a fan of your music. So you know, now it's just really connecting with people, networking, and even sometimes you know you can go to certain places. Like if you come to LA. If you come to L.A., say you're an up-and-coming artist. I'm going to say more so if you're an up-and-coming artist, you come to L.A., go to, like, you know, places like Hollywood, where, you know, it'd be, like, people, it'd be, like, people from different, uh, different places from around the world, you know, you know, you go to Hollywood, there's going to be a lot of people from L.A. out here, you know what I mean, funny city from the land out here, so it's like, you know, just go promote your music. If you're an up-and-coming artist out here in L.A., you call it the land. So, in my personal opinion, you know, just I would say, in a sense, like, you know, people fancy that you can check in with Big U. You see me? That, that man that, that man there, you know, he lived through different generations, you know, of, like, uh, of gangbanging. You know what I mean? Black one, honey. You know, different generations of gangbanging. You know what I mean? Like, different people like that, you know, because they know, they know around everywhere. Just because they name ring bell. Now, speaking of big name artists who come to L.A. and you're kind of already known, like I remember when you and I were speaking before, you were talking about like Pop Smoke, for example, like when he was partying, hanging out in L.A., unfortunately, you know, he was at a a party or a get together and it just went all the way wrong. He ended up getting shot and killed there. You know, those are some of the things that could happen when you just kind of blindly 
show up in LA, you're just trying to mind your business. Basically, it's you know, I don't know that man's life or you know his lifestyle who was around him, but I it mean, seemed like he was just coming I to mean, mind his own business, have a good time, and something like that happened. Because the thing is, people from other states have never been to California. They only know what they see on TV. So, okay, they know, like, you know, from certain movies, they know, okay, these are certain areas. These, this is the city I need to stay away from. But, like, I'm going to go to Hollywood or with you, right? So when it comes down to it, it's like, with Pop Smoke, his, his name was growing so much and so fast that everybody knew who he was. And what he failed to realize was, just like in New York, you know what I mean? There's always going to be somebody that's going to try to snake you out. You know what I mean? I mean, I can't really, you know, talk about details on how this and the third happened because I don't know. You know what I mean? But, you know, I heard there was a lot of stuff going on with them. So, me personally, I'm not going to speak on anything I don't know, but, you know, just from hearing certain things, I heard it was, you know, it, it, was, it was something that was, you know, I guess it was planned out or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Just like the way it happened, it just seemed like it was planned out. But you know, like I said, I don't, I don't really know the story behind all that, or you know, the situation or anybody that did on that. So you know, I can't really speak on his situation. The only thing I can speak on is the check-in part. I feel like if he would have checked in, people could have made sure that he was okay. He would have still been alive to this day. Yeah. Because. When it comes down to throwing functions and all that in L.A., you don't know who's coming to your function. Exactly. It's so easy. Like, I used to go to some parties in the Hollywood Hills sometimes, and it's so easy to get invited by somebody, and then whoever shows up, they're easily texting their friends and the people that they know, giving them the address, telling them where to pull up. So you just never know within a matter of hours who's going to end up being at this this house that you're at. You might think it's a private event you're in the hollywood hills there's a pool in the backyard famous neighbors might be around you you're thinking you know you can let your guard down you're safe but you just never know who's texting the address saying you know hey guess who's here and then they just pull up you never know what's going on so that's why like you know especially with places like la you know places like chicago places like new york Louisiana, like places where it's stuff really be going on day in and day out. You do want to check in with people that you do know because, like I said, a lot of people think check ins is more check ins is like, oh, I'm a soft, I'm soft, or or like, oh, nah, like I ain't gonna check in. Right. I'm really about that. Like nobody's seeing that you're not about that. Actually, you know what I mean? We we just say check in because it's like. When you check in with somebody, then, you know, they tell everybody else, like, hey, you know, like, Woofy Woof is coming out, so, you know, let's just make sure they good while they out here. You know what I mean? It's just a protection thing. So that way, stuff like what happened to Pop Smoke happen, you know? Yeah. Rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Okay, so let's touch on the music a little bit, because I know uh, when we were speaking before, you were telling me another way to get acquainted is to meet people while you're in the studio. So say if you're coming to LA, you get right to business and you start networking with individuals in the studio. That's another good way to get familiar with some some other um, industry executives, other artists, your peers in the industry. And that way you can have that extra layer of protection while you're working in the studio. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's times where, you know, you be in a studio session and you don't know 
you don't know who, you know, who's at the studio recording in a different room, you know, because, I mean, artists talk about it all the time, you know, like, oh, like, they be recording some songs, another big-name artist was sitting down recording in the room over, and they overheard it, so they wanted to come in there and see, and see what's up, you know, see what, see what song is being made, because it sounds like some hot stuff to their ears. So, you know, you never know, you know, or it could be like a big name exec or A&R in there or something, and they heard your music, and they're like, yo, I like this, it's hot, hold on. So what are some good studios or even some good engineers around L.A. that you think is worth an artist going to go book their studio I mean, session with? It's kind of hard to tell now because a lot more people is engineering their own music now. Mm. A lot more people, you know, and sometimes a lot of people, they, they engineer straight from home. So it's like, you know, a lot of artists nowadays are becoming more self-sufficient as time as, you know, generations go up because it's like a lot of people starting to realize you don't need to go to these big name studios, you know, to record your music if you know how to use the same plugins and the same programs that they use. You know what I mean? You know, I do it, use it the same way and probably better. Now, what do you think about that? Because I did another interview in the past with uh, Doug Perry from Hot 91. He was saying it's a good idea to have a different engineer, somebody else different who masters your music, just so you can have a different set of ears listening to it. So what do you think about the same person who's rapping and they're also engineering their own song and mastering their own song? Like, what do you think about getting another pair of ears in there to work on the track? Most definitely, that's always something good to do, just because, like, I mean, you always just want another pair of ears with anything that you do, just like, you know, if you doing some, you know, if you, you doing, you building something, you know, and you feel like you could do it yourself, I mean, of course, you still want to have that second pair of hands just in case there's something you can't do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or safe hands is something that you didn't, like, if you building something and it's something you forgot to, like, tighten up and this person... They go behind checking, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is kind of loose. Let me, you know, let me tighten it for you. You know, same thing with, like, barbers, you know, because I also cut hair. So, you know, sometimes it is good to have another barber look at your work because he can tell you, like, okay, like, right here is cool, but, like, just blend this part a little bit more and you're good. You know, because it happens all the time with being a barber and you, you got to, you maybe have to make somebody's lineup. Yeah. You know, and you trying to look to see if it's good, but you can't really tell too much. So you go, you get another barber, you be like, hey, I had to make his lineup. Like, it looks straight to you. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot to it. Well, that's good, too. I mean, that's a good idea to ask for some feedback, you know, because, I mean, you kind of touched on this a little bit with, with the check-in. Like, sometimes you might have too much pride to go and get that second opinion. I think that is a really good idea to just ask somebody, hey, what do you think? Listen to this. Like, is there anything else I need to do? You know, of course, you know, people can always, you know, choose to listen to the advice or not. But I think it is a good idea to have somebody else take a listen or take a look at what you're doing just to get another opinion. Because like you said, there might be another area that you can tighten up that's going to make your project way better. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's always it's always good to have that second pair of eyes, ears or hands. You know what I mean? To help you with something because sometimes certain engineers don't know what other engineers know. You know what I mean? So, like, for instance, like, my little brother, and also my other big brother, K-Slim, like, they engineer my music. You know, those really the only two people so besides a select few that I let engineer my music. Like, my little brother, Lil Noodle, 
you know, he, he was around a couple of engineers and when he first engineered my music, like and me personally, I thought it, I thought it was A one quality. So then when he like got around other engineers, you know, he was telling me he learned he learned a lot of new things that he didn't know that he found out was actually important when he engineers my music now. It's a, it, it's a whole different feel to the engineer. So you always get to have that extra pair, you know, yeah. hands and all that. Too. Yeah. Especially, too, like going back to the check-in. Also, too, one reason why I suggested it is more so because, like, say, for instance, if, if you just a straight artist, you know, or you just a straight engineer, or you just a straight video man and all that, if that's really all you do, you don't want to be caught up in a situation that wasn't even meant for you to be caught up in, but because you was there wrong place, wrong time, or didn't know where you was at and didn't know what was going on in that area at that current moment, you feel me? Next thing you know, you get caught up in a situation. Next thing you know, you know, you may not make it out of it. Wow. So, you know, that's why it's always good to just going, going back to the check-ins, you know, that's why it's always good to check in, especially if you're not part of that lifestyle. Yeah, you that's know. a good idea to just want to know more. Just have that heart, have that attitude to want to know more, wanting to find out more, wanting to learn more. You know, in a way, it kind of takes some humility. Yeah, but the situation with Pop Smoke, you know, all the people that he could have checked in with, they all was like, well, he didn't check in with none of us. It was more so the fact, like, like, damn, bro, we could have, you could have still been alive. Like, you know what I mean? But none of us knew you was out here. You know, because, I mean, for instance, like, like, for instance, let me put it like this, like, when little Baby came to L.A., you know what I mean? He, he was already acquainted with Nipsey Hussle. So, when it came down to it, because he was acquainted with Nipsey Hussle, he was able to go to Slauson and all that and be around people for six hours and all that. So, now when he comes, even he's by himself, he knows people, so he can come and, and be viewing them, I believe, and all that. So, he can come out, out here to L.A., and he already know the exact set, like that people he's gonna be around out here and move around with out here. And then the thing with a check in too, when to come back the next time around, you can feel more comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Coming true. back and it's not just I'm going here for the first time. So like like, you know, I like I don't know how I, how I really be out here right now, so you know, I'm finna just move, you know, I'm finna just come out here and see how see what it is and if I'm not messing with it, I'm gonna just go back type stuff. You know what I mean? Unless you a big name artist, then you know you gotta do a show out here or something, or sign in, or meet and greet out here or something. Then that's different. But vacation purposes, and I feel like everything boils down to your name when it comes down to it, anyway, too. Because it's like you just have them people out there that don't even know you, don't know nothing about you. They just know you got a name, and they jealous, so they want to take you out. So they look for it. They 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 watch you to watch your every movement. So that's another reason why, you know, you want to have a check-in because, like, you know, I, I've experienced, you know, certain things where, where it's like I've had enemies that I've never personally met in my entire life before, you know, but they just jealous because my name, you know, started making a buzz and stuff like that. I don't personally know where these these people are, but you know. Like it's you like just you never know who's watching. Create enemies the more the bigger your name gets. That's true. And those people that you don't know is watching you. You don't know if it's you don't know if you know they out to to get you or you know they 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 really a fan. Especially with social media nowadays too. It's all bad. 
So how do you know when you can trust somebody? Because, you know, for example, you know, I love the Lord. And, you know, the Bible says you have to test the spirits, you know, and it's important to have discernment. So how do you know when you're getting acquainted with individuals, you want to make friends, you want to make some connections when you're coming to L.A. And you have people or even fans that are saying, hey, we got your bag. I'll show you how to move around here. How do you personally know? who you can trust like how do you test that spirit to see if they're coming from a good place or it is one of those individuals who might try to get you caught up i mean it's not even putting them to the test it's just you you can tell by the energy like me i'm big on energy with people so i can tell based off your energy and your approach to things like what type of what type of vibe you're trying to be on and you can tell when somebody, you can tell when somebody's trying to snake you, you feel me? Honestly, if you big on energy, you can tell when somebody's trying to snake you out. Yeah, and it's good to have wisdom, too. You know, but there's some people, there's some people that really sit down and they're good at playing the role that they play. So. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's talk about music some more. So... When it comes to recording, making a project, making an album, how long do you think someone should take to make a quality album? Some people work different than others. Some people need more time, other people don't. So it just really boils down to the time that that person needs specifically. Because sometimes certain people, and it also depends on like the type of work ethic they have. Because some people, some people have such crazy work ethic that they probably got three albums, three, four, five projects just written, ready to record, and they just need to go in that booth and record it and get all the songs engineered. And all they need is like a cool little 12, 15 hour session to get most of that knocked out with an engineer that they comfortable with, you know, working with. Other people that may not, you know, have that crazy record they get any time you know, to write a song. Like, I know some people that take days to write one song, you know, because they really need to be in that zone and, and, and they can't get in that zone fully because they may be busy with certain things in life. They may have kids. They may, you know, have a lot going on, so they can't put 100% focus into their craft. So, you know, it just, it depends on how much time that they person you need to do what they need to do, you know. Well, that makes sense. And then you personally might even want a type of vibe where you know you're just not feeling it yet. You have to take some time. Like I remember Royce the Five Nine was saying that about his album. So good. Like I want to say it's a classic album, The Allegory, where it was such a vibe, the production. He wanted to make sure that all his beats were right. He wanted to make sure like the way he was rocking the beat on his lyrics when he was rapping was right. And he had to take his own personal time to feel like the project was really complete where he wanted it to be. But then I've seen other individuals that make a song like so quick. They'll make a song three three to five minutes. They make a song just to get some content out there. So what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about artists who just want to like continue to keep their name out there? So they're just dropping songs kind of about anything or kind of about nothing at all just to keep that content out there. Meanwhile, you got other artists that are really taking their time to try to put together something that they can consider a classic album. I mean, the artists that put consistent content out there, I mean, it just, it's really just one of the things where it's just like, you know, you trying to keep yourself afloat. So, you know, hey, I'm not knocking that because that's part of the hustle. Yeah. You know, I'm not knocking it. You trying to keep your, you trying to keep yourself relevant. 
because the way society works, especially with this music industry, there's always somebody new coming out within the next day, the next hour, you know, the <laughs> next week. So it's just like, you know, you those people that's putting those people that's putting out consistent work, you know, I'm not gonna lie. People is gonna look at them more than somebody that's taking their time. And I'm gonna tell you why. I say I, I say people look at them more than somebody's taking their time. Why? Because the person that's putting out consistent work, like for the person that's putting out consistent consistency, you gonna see their face every day, <laughs> every day. They become a household name at that point because you've seen them so much. You've heard their name so much. They just keep on working. And that work ethic, I think, pays off really in any industry. Okay, so let me ask you this. So we've heard of the microwave generation. And, you know, people are putting out songs that could be about nothing at all. They're just throwing a song out there. So what if they're making an album? Like, how do you make a project that's appealing enough for someone to want to listen to the whole album from top to bottom? Versatility. Okay. You know, if you gonna if you gonna put out an album where literally every song on there has is, is nothing, you know, they have no meaning. Your best bet is just to put a project out there and just literally just every song on that project is something different. Like it's something way different than the last song they just heard. Like it's like it's like okay, I got an R and B song, then the next song that plays like a it's like a dope rap song and then the next song after that is like some other like R like like R and B hip hop, like some Chris Brown stuff, the next you know, you come in with some Y and W Melly stuff, like just keep your versatility going. Alright, so I wanna take a quick break and play one of your songs. So here it is, is Marathon with Two Cold Famous featuring I Am 3AM and Impression. Keep it locked right here. It's the first Friday's podcast at the God Collection.com. Make sure I secure the future for my son, for myself, for my family. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. You can catch me with a dime piece. Me and the money is Diamonds in my top piece, diamonds in my top piece, yeah. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is broad money marathon. I came in this thing and I just had to stunt cause it's been talking in a bag my nigga you know i just really been on it i do for my youngest so blow up the summer and drop in the august they people will call focus on stacking no running the market but let me just tell you i see i'm a target how about the judges go straight to the island straight from the city where niggas was thugging few of them cripping a few of them blooding but fuck my nigga you know that we running catching that paper been on since a young and i'm flying that jet we looking at haters jumped in the lead they calling the first i knocked them in one just started to play i'm going them threes and getting this kids my paper I'm taxing for features. I'm taxing if you ain't paying, well, fuck it. I guess I'm just seeing you later. My nigga is seething. Money be calling, so feeding my can. If they ain't gonna do it, then pacing the band. Yeah. See, I'm just shooting the money advance. My mind got it, I'm shooting the man. Yeah. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. I got money on my mind. 
tryna get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is blood, money, marriage. You can catch me with a dime piece. Me and the money is diamonds. Diamonds in my top piece. Diamonds in my top piece. Yeah. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is blowing money, marathon. I've been paper chasing, getting money, running up, ain't no slowing down. If the paper ever getting low, then it's back to trapping seven pounds. Nobody used to f with me, get a little cloud of f with me now. I never ran from anything, I only running up, or we running down. That's only if you're in the way. We're here for the blue faces, don't care about new faces. With the cash in your DOA. I'ma go set the cash, there's no more space. I'ma go hit the dash and I speed away. Wait before COVID, you're not talking money, you're wet. To stay six feet away. Uh, I be sitting in a rape when I need some space. Yeah. My pockets, they never be bony. Grab by myself or ride by my lonely. lonely. These they claim that they know me, they don't. They wasn't here with the old me. Nah. You better pay up what you owe me. Nah. I don't care if niggas was homies. Nah. You better pay up what you owe me. Yeah. Catch me on the block like a goalie. Yeah. I got money on my mind. Yeah. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is broad money marathons. I got money on my mind, I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot, unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is broad money marathons. You can catch me with a dime piece, me and the money inside me. Diamonds in my top piece, diamonds in my top piece, yeah. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. You're listening to the First Fridays podcast with Ali Don. The song you just heard was called Marathon by our guest Too Cold Famous featuring I Am 3AM and Impression. All right, so before we took that break, we were talking about artist versatility. How versatile should an artist be? Like if they want to have a particular sound or they're known for being an artist of a particular genre, is it okay to even cross over into other genres, even on the same album? I mean, it's okay to swap over in different genres as long as it makes sense. <laughs> Post Malone, like, he's one of those artists where, like, I don't think he ever really, like, tapped into the other genres like he wanted to, just because of the outrage of the fans. were like, no, we don't want you to make nothing different. I mean, I feel like for him, he was just really appealing to his fans. Really, I mean, there's people out there that just do this, that they just appeal to their fans. People like Chris Brown, like multi-talented, he can sing, he can rap, you know. So he was like, you know what? I'm gonna give y'all all of this. Like, I'm gonna do everything. It just depends on your music creativity, because there are artists out there that really don't have a music creativity bone in their body. <laughs> so it's, it depends on your creativity. Like, you know, sometimes too, a lot of artists are. It don't matter how big of an artist you are. A lot of artists are kind of insecure to trying to see sometimes because they mm-hmm. like, damn, well, what if my fans don't like it? So then because at that at that point, it ruined, it messes up your reputation. Because you, 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 could put out, you could put out one bad song and everybody could cancel you. Canceled off of one song? Mm-hmm. What? And the only way, and the only way to sit down, the only way to sit down and you know, get people back on board because you gotta drop, drop, you gotta drop like some more, like some more stuff for people to listen to that you know what people loved in the first place about you. 
Okay, so let me go back to this uh, mainstream fans versus day one fans because if say, say if somebody puts out a song and, you know, their fans are canceling them because of that one song that they made, like, that seems like it might be more of a mainstream fan rather than a day one. It seems like day one fans are, like, really willing to shoot you some bail a little bit, let you slide a little bit, give you some more creative freedom. Yeah, that depends. Because, uh, like, even as a day one fan, too, you put out a bad song, you put out a bad song. Because, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's just like every every artist, no matter how big you are, you're going to have your your mini selection of bad songs that people just didn't really mess with like that, you know? Jeez. So it just depends. Because sometimes, too, it could be even be a feature that messes you up, too. You know what I mean? You have a bad feature. Oh, no. Okay, well, because, you know, there was a very popular feature, like, um, what was it? Was it Renegade with a Jay-Z and Eminem? Uh-huh. And people were saying, oh, no, like, Eminem, like, killed Jay-Z on his own song. Like, you should have never put Eminem on your song. You know, it can yeah. it can go in that direction, too, where you got a feature that's, like, killing it. And people are like, eh, they listen to your voice, and they're like, eh. Mm-hmm. So what do you do if you're in a situation like that? Like, have you ever been into a situation where you're collaborating with somebody, and they put down a verse that's like, you believe the verse is better than yours? Like, do you just let it rock, or do you, like, go back and re-record your verse? Yeah, I tell them go back and re-record it. I tell them, like, what I felt like was off about it. You know, if I felt like that it wasn't all the way there, then it wasn't all the way there. Because, I mean, me personally, I just feel like if I'm paying you, if I'm paying you for something, I want quality. So, like, I'm not going to pay an artist. I'm not going to pay an artist for a feature. And just because of the money factor, like, because there's there's a lot of artists that got on songs. For instance, DJ Khaled one time, you know, it was a song, I can't remember the name of the song, but it was a song one time that, like, he had, like, a bunch of people around it. And it was, like, it didn't make, the, it didn't make those numbers where you'd be like, dang, that song made a lot of numbers. Like, you know what I mean? Cause, but to have that many big-name artists, and it still didn't really hit like that for a lot of people. I think his entire album was like that. He had a, um, I think it was a self-titled album. It was just Khaled. And it was a, a ton of people, a ton of features, like, all over that album. But it seemed like the album wasn't really one of the most popular albums that he even put out. Like, it's something that, I mean, I personally wasn't, I mean, I'm a fan, but I really wasn't even listening to that album that much, even though there was a ton of artists on there that I liked. I don't know, it was just, it just seemed like it didn't work. It was one of those situations where it just, it didn't work. It didn't work out, yeah. I mean, also, also, also honestly, too, with music, I feel like music is also a bunch of just trial and error, you know? You make a song, it's like, I feel like what makes an artist likable or lovable is that it's your attitude towards everything. So, like, say, for instance, like, I was a drop this one. I was, like, this big, super, super big, like, name artist. Like, let's say Drake status, right? Yeah. If I was to put a song out and say, for instance, like, everybody, like, all my fans was like, oh, no, that song was trash, this, that, and the third, you know, my attitude towards it would be like, well, dang, nobody liked the song. Well, you know, let me go to make another song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And let's, let's do something different. Yeah. You know, it's all trial and error. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, too, what a, a lot of artists try to realize, too, and this is why I, I, like, preach so much to my, to my, you know, 
my little homies and all that's doing music, you know, be versatile because you never know what's going to stick, you know, because not every song you do is not meant for everybody, you know what I mean? Some people are not going to like. There's going to be a select number of people that's not going to like that song. doesn't mean that they don't like your music, they just don't like that song. One thing that you said that I think was so interesting and deep too, like you said, sometimes society gives you a purpose. And once you fulfill it, they just kick you to the curb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said that society gives you a purpose. And once you are no longer to fulfill that purpose, they kind of just kick you to the curb. And then in order for you to kind of like, for society to love you again, you basically just kind of like, you got to basically prove yourself to them. So when society gives you a purpose, so is that like maybe a one hit wonder and then people are done with you or is it like you do a type of song or a project and it's a total vibe but now people are off that now and they kick you to the curb like how do you get people back on your side honestly i feel like it just depends on your approach to things like for instance like i'm gonna just use tory lanes for instance right that guy that effing guy tory freaking lanes yeah, so, for instance, right, like, I'm going to use Tory Lance because he is one of my favorite artists. Oh, my God. You know, one thing I will say about Tory Lanez is, as many times as people try to cancel that man, he's still constantly working with new up-and-coming artists. He's still constantly, uh, you know, releasing music. So it's like, honestly, you can never cancel that man because he's going to make his money regardless of what situations happen or what is what people not supporting him or not. Because at the end of the day, day one fans are still going to be day one fans no matter what they do in their personal life. You know what I mean? So it's just one of the things where it's just like, you know, you can't knock a man's hustle or a woman's hustle. That's why I just feel like, just keep on making music. Like, don't cancel yourself. Like, society might try to cancel you, but as long as you keep on doing your thing, like, you're still you're still here. You still have talent. You still have your craft. You're still putting out music. Like, that's why I really don't even believe in cancel culture. Like, how can you cancel somebody? Like, I'm still here. Like, you can't cancel me. <laughs> like, I'm not going nowhere. Especially because Tory Lanez is not on the label anymore, so... But that's just for anybody, not just Tory Lanez, that's just for anybody. I think it will help, though, like, if there was some kind of justice in the situation. Because, you know, we all know when there's no justice, there's no peace. And that has to disturb somebody when people are constantly going in on you. Anytime you open your mouth to say something, people are are angry still with that man. It's like, we need to see some justice to be served, have some peace, and move on, and be whole in that kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me ask you about this just to change topics a little bit. So in the industry, like before we were talking about contracts and I remember you were talking about how there might be some crazy deals in a contract, even with female artists regarding their body image for a female MC that might even be in a contract. So how important do you think body image is when it comes to the success of a female MC? I don't necessarily say it has to do with their success. I feel like it has more stuff to do with their image. Um, because a lot of labels, I mean, when it comes down to it on a business note, sex sales. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, 
how it's looked at is, you know, the BBL bodies and stuff like that. That's the BBL bodies. You know what I mean? It's a common thing, one, but, I mean, Asian Dog spoke about it, like, years ago, you know, pertaining when she got her body done and stuff, um, like, it was in her contract and stuff like that, but, you know, she was also saying, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you know, don't quote me on it, saying that this is what she said exactly, but um, I believe she was speaking on something about how, like, in a lot of contracts now for a lot of female artists, you know, getting your body done is in the contracts. So, when it comes down to it, you know, a lot of these female artists, they getting their bodies done because the, the label is telling them to do that. You know, outside of the ones that, you know, ain't signed and they just want to get their body done, stuff like that. But I feel like, me personally, I feel like if you already a gorgeous person, gorgeous female, you a gorgeous female. You people gonna mess with you regardless. I don't. I personally don't feel like you have to get your body done for that. You know. So with that matter, with that note, I personally say to each they own. I mean, me personally, I'm not really a fan of the BBL body just because I see it so much. Like I feel like back then it was different just because it was like you had big females. Then you have, you know, some females that want to go get their body done. You know, it was different variations of body things. You know what I mean? But now, now it's like, like the the copy-paste body. Yeah, I feel like everything is just copy and paste now. Like, oh, let me go stack up a couple bands and get my body done. You know, so that, I feel like that's just what it is now. So, I mean, for me, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, like, the BBL body kind of like, through like kind of like made me not really like big females no more like that wow like yeah it's a yeah don't get me wrong i still like it well of course not like <laughs> of course you like to see it like we we know that men are very visual so of course because yeah. you're gonna have women that's like uh-uh-uh because y'all know that y'all gonna be talking to the girls with the booty with the flat stomach with the big boo like we already know that that's who you're going for you know, yeah. but it's also refreshing to hear, you know, a man say that, you know, I really don't want that. Like, I'm not really looking for that. Like, I'm off that. I mean, for me in general, like, if I'm going to be with you, I'm not looking for, like, I feel like looks are most definitely a plus, you know, but I feel like if I'm going to be with you, in a sense, like, long term wise, I need, I need some brains. I need you to have smarts for you. I need you to have goals things that you want to do in life and not that personally that's just my I'm more personal personally attracted to that than a body you know I mean a banging body yeah, I mean, and that's common too, you know, because I've heard other other men say, you know, it's great to have somebody who's good looking, but if she can't hold a conversation, there's so many good looking women out here that don't know how to have a conversation and hold the man's attention. Yeah. So it's important to, you know, really have it all. Like it's important to have the looks, but also, you know, have some have some intelligence. You know, have some goals. And like then you again, said. Like, and then again, too, with the looks part. I mean, it's a lot of, I'm not going to lie, it's a lot of, you know, plus-size females that end up losing weight and all that, and then after they lose all that weight and everything, it's like, it's like they look gorgeous, like, like, hold on, where did this beauty come from? <laughs> we didn't know this before because of because of the weight unfortunately but you know so we know that sex sells but 
I really don't think it is entirely necessary. Like we have seen other examples of successful females in the industry that don't do all that. Like her, for example, you know, I remember I was listening to a podcast where they were even like making fun of her. Like she has some song where she was talking about meeting up with somebody, like hooking up with somebody kind of. And then they're like, yeah, right. Her is not hooking up with nobody. She's always covered. She's totally wrapped up. Like, but she is though. And she's a really a big artist she's got a lot of success but you don't really often see her showing off her body oftentimes when you see her in her performances she is very much covered from head to toe draped in something that's loose and she still has a lot of success so it's good to see these examples like you really don't have to show off your body in order to be successful so if a woman happens to see something like that in her contract and it goes against her morals or her beliefs or principles or she just doesn't want to do it to know that you can still have success. It's not a requirement to show your body to have success. And I mean, personally, when it comes down to that, I just, it just, I feel like with that, it boils down to how bad, like, you know, your time frame on what you want success. Sadly, in, in this day and age, Everybody wants quick fame. Everybody wants that. I want to be famous right now. Energy. So, it's like, when you have a female like her, you know, which is also one of my favorite female R&B artists. Yeah. Um, a female like her, I personally felt like, you know, she's about the music. She's about, you know, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to, I don't want you to look at me. I want you to hear me. Yeah, and I, mean, I feel like that's why her career has been such a long-lasting career, and I personally feel like she's gonna have a long-lasting career because I mean, just look at her, just listen to her voice, you know. And even and one of the albums, like, even one of the albums that she dropped, it was just a silhouette of her. You didn't even see her face, you know. And that was her first. That was her first. Uh, her first ever project she ever released, you know. And it was like a lot of covers and then other like, you know, original songs, but, you know, the mix. But it was like, I loved her approach of how she came into the game because it was like everybody, everybody listened to the voice and everybody wanted to know who was the person behind the voice. The, the talent just kind of set you above of what else is out here. Yeah. Like... Beyonce, right? You know, and quote, like I'm actually I'm not even gonna say Beyonce. Beyonce's always gonna be Beyonce, you know what I mean? Everybody loves Beyonce. Yes. That's that's one of the greats right there. That's a bet, you know what I mean? Uh I would say more so Chloe Bailey. You know what I mean? I believe I said her name right, Chloe Bailey. Yes, and uh, that's one of Beyonce's like mentees. Yeah, so I'll probably say like back in the day, I feel like way back when when she first was coming in it was about her and her sister singing and stuff like that. And I felt like as time went on, I feel like it's like, yeah, she, she likes her. I don't like the, I say, I don't like the, the sense of like her loving herself, you know, with the whole, you know, showing off her body more and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I ain't really, I ain't really tip about it like, because I mean, hey, she loves her body, she loves herself. I mean, Rihanna was doing that for a while too. You know what I mean? Until she became, until she really became business woman. A, a billionaire. But you know what I mean? So, 
uh, I feel like with Chloe Bailey, it was, it, you know, I feel like she, as time goes on, I feel like they're having her use more of her sex appeal with within her music to attract people to her more. And I feel like, I don't know. I just personally feel like in this day and age, you know, especially with the music industry, I'm not going to lie, with the music industry, it's not even about the music no more. Mm, mm, mm. The music industry is not about the music anymore. Uh, I don't know. I personally say that because it's just like, ain't nobody paying attention no more. Uh, like, you could be, you could be a dope artist, rapper, singer, and people be tapped in for a quick second, and then they you know you go through some you go through some stuff within the industry, and it's just like now everybody tapped into your situation, then then your uh, then your music. That's true. Like it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Like when do you listen to your fans and allow your fans to dictate what you're doing? Because I remember years ago, that's when it all started. Like. If you were a celebrity, you kind of wanted to be a little bit more private. You want to have some mystery about you. But then several years ago, it became something different. Like, okay, the fans need to see more about your life. They want to see your personal life. They want to feel like they can get to know you a little bit more to become popular. And now that's almost over. That's overshadowing the music. And I mean, that's just because people, I felt like social media did that. Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like when it comes down to it, I feel like Instagram made it to where it's like they idolizing the lifestyle and then the artists, which don't, you know, it's not a bad thing because, I mean, it's giving people something to look up to. Yeah. You know, because uh, 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 Kevo, uh, the guy Kevo, uh, he, he be talking about that all the time. He's like, he's like, what's going, what's going to make me appeal to if you trying to, if you're trying to have somebody, he was talking about like the little pyramid scheme stuff and all that with the forex and all that. Yeah. He was like, said something about like, basically like if you drive in a Honda Civic, but you kind of tell me I'm financially free, he kind of looks at that. He's looking at that like, how are you telling me I'm financially free, but you driving a Honda Civic? Because like, he was like, say, Francis, you pulled up in a Rolls Royce and you tell me, hey, I want to help you be financially free and you want a Rolls Royce. It's gonna make me wanna. It's gonna make me wanna listen to you more because you in a Rolls Royce. So it's like, okay, he's in a Rolls Royce. He must be, you know, he must be financially free. He's in a Rolls Royce. Whatever he's doing made him get the Rolls. Uh, allowed him to buy that Rolls Royce. Yeah. And then little do you know, this person could be in like crazy debt. You gotta. You gotta. <laughs> or like borrowed the car from one of their friends or something like that. See, but it's all about symbolic success. It's almost. It's almost like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Like um, Corday would even say, he would say the same thing. Like he would have pictures that he's posting up on a patio, like a balcony or something like that, overlooking the Hollywood Hills. But it wasn't his house. It was like a family member's house. Like he'll post up a picture with some pit bulls for the look, but it was somebody else's dog. You know what I mean? But, but it worked. You know, even in psychology, you know, I study psychology about how to be successful in the music industry and having symbolic success is one of the things that can help drive your career that much more forward by looking like looking like you're successful 
regardless if yeah. you are or not. Just having the look is going to be helpful. Yeah, because it's like that's basically that's basically telling people like, okay, you telling me you basically it's like people pay attention to the outer appearance than what they do the person because a lot of people a lot of people may have designer clothes on and all that whether it's a knockoff whether it's real a lot of people look at look in a sense like okay they whole outfit is designer though whether it's fake or not and you know let's just say for instance like the knockoff look identical to the real stuff right so say for somebody's designer though whole outfit shoes clothes belt glasses hat watch chain people looking at that like okay they must have bread but then when you go really tap into that person's real life and how they really living, it's like, okay, it's like, oh, okay, they ain't really, they ain't really living like that. They just don't, you know what I mean? So it's like, like if you look at billionaires, right? Billionaires, like really wealthy, wealthy billionaires, they either dress in a suit or they dress in like regular everyday clothes. Perfect example is Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like, this man has, like, millions, billions from doing movies. But he dresses like, like he's somebody's dad, like, mm-hmm. like a dad. Like, mm-hmm. You know, always with some basketball shorts and thong sandals and T-shirts, you know You know what? It's interesting. I did some research um, about appearances. And there were some cashiers and employees of high-end retail stores, like the big designer name retail stores. They interviewed the employees of these stores and said, who are you more likely to believe has the most money? And they all said that the, the individuals, the customers who are more dressed down are the ones that they typically perceive to have the most money when they see them. Of course. So it's interesting, like those who who know who really has the money. You know, they're seeing customers coming in there spending thousands of dollars on a bag. Like they know that the majority of their customers are coming in just wearing a pair of jeans and some Crocs and a T-shirt. And they're the ones who have most of the money, just like to the point that you were saying the person driving the Honda Civic, that person knows how to save their money. Like this person knows that a, a car, just like the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. He would say that, you know, a car is a liability. It, it costs you money. If it doesn't make you money, it costs you money. You know, so somebody who's driving that Honda Civic that's got it paid off and it's pretty cheap to keep that car, this person's got more money in their pocket. They got more money in the bank. I used to always and still always tell people, you know, what, like, because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get a challenger. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get a, a, a challenger demon. Okay. A demon challenger. Now, I always tell people when I get the challenges that I want, you know, because, I mean, I feel like you can always get you a V6 challenge and stuff like that, but I feel like, you know, when you get into more of those high-grade cars, you know, muscle cars, stuff like that, you know, I feel like I always tell, I always personally tell people, like, when I finally get that demon that I want, you know what I mean, that's the only car I'm ever going to need because yeah. it's like, I don't, I'm not really into the flashy like I like I like low bar flashy. You know what I mean? Right, me too. What, I'm the same I mean. way. And so what I mean by like low bar flashy, I mean in the sense of like, okay, he maybe just got on a designer belt, but everything like, you know, other than that, it's like I throw on some J's, 
some nice looking jeans, a white t-shirt, and you know, throwing my two chains and watch call it a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's no ball flag. You know what I mean? The only flashy thing on me is gonna be my belt. Other than that, my outfit is You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way because it's like when I was shopping for cars, I'm like, you know what? I want something that looks cool, but I don't want something that's like too flashy, like that gets me too much attention. Like I want something that's kind of low key, but sporty at the same time. So I love my Challenger. I ain't gonna hold you. I got a red one. <laughs> I love the car. So it's a good car too, by the way. It's better than the um, last Camaro that I had. That Camaro that I had was such a lemon. Well, what's, uh, actually, you said you're driving a Challenger, correct? Yeah, I love that car. Which, uh, did you get the V6 or did you get a V8? It's a V6. Okay, so you got the, the SXT or the DQ? Look, it's red. It's a red Challenger. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you got the SXT, but, uh. Now, I don't mind a V8. Yeah. Like, I like the V8 that make your neck snap back, you know what I'm saying? Like, if a man is showing off, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mind all that. Right. But for, but it costs more money. I'm like, look, let, let me just, I don't need all that. Let me just get the V6, and it's plenty fast. People be trying to race me. Don't race out there, okay? It's dangerous, okay? But people try yeah, to I mean, people try I mean, to race like, me, and I'm good. I, 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 I look at it like this. As long as you got the car, you got the car. I mean, people have to realize, like, if you in the car, you know, you can take a V6, take the engine off the V6, and put a V8 engine. That's all you got to do. Well, that's true. And like you said, like, that's all I need. Like, that's all I'm going to need. Like, somebody asked me, because, you know, we've been investing in crypto, and um, I've got all kinds of investments, and i got a diverse portfolio. But one of my friends were investing in the same cryptocurrency, and he's like, what are you going to do when it hits big? Like, what are you going to do when we make all this money? What car are you about to get? I'm like, I'm going to just keep my car. Probably just put some tin on the front windows. Like, that might be it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like people define people today define your wealth by what you have materialistic wise. Yeah, I feel like people don't people don't think about the assets. People think about the material. Like, okay, he has a BMW i, he must be rich, and or he has a Rolls Royce, he must be rich. Like. Yeah. And even if he has money, like that man could be like dying on the inside, like just suffering on the inside, you know. And one thing that was so like on point that you said is that, you know, a lot of people, they look at the outside, you know, and that's exactly what the Bible tells us too. like man looks out the outward appearance, but God looks at the inner man, like what's going on inside of you. And that's really what's going to help you rest well at night. That's what's going to give you peace of mind. That's what's going to give you a little bit more integrity, your character. Those are the things that are most important, especially in, when you're in a tough industry and you're dealing with fickle fans, crazy contracts. You got people who who are making you change your body in your contract, trying to tell women you can't have a kid because of your contract. It's important to have that inner man strong, you know, and be unmovable in all of your ways so that you can stand firm in what you believe so that you're not getting tossed back and forth by these other industry executives that are trying to influence you to do something that you really don't want to do. Yeah. Well, too cold famous. I'm so excited that you joined me for this interview. This is a great conversation. I would love to have you back again. So I appreciate you. So tell everybody how we can find you, your music, your socials. What's up? Uh, most definitely on all platforms. You know what I mean? All you gotta do is just look up Too Cold Family. Oh, Mr. Dot Too Cold Family. 
know what I mean, MR, Doc. And when you spell two code, famous is the number two, and then C O L D, and then F A M O U S. Uh, if you're going to find my music, you have to put number two, capital C, and then O L D, capital F A M O U S. That's how you can find my music. Like yeah, most definitely tap in. I got more work coming for you guys soon. The music videos coming and all that too. Well, I can't wait to see it. So I want to thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And that does it for another First Fridays podcast. Shout out to all the SoundCloud listeners and all the listeners at thegodcollection.com. And we out. Definitely.